I don't know about you, but that uh, puts a fire in my belly. Today is Resurrection Sunday. And uh, just want to say thanks for coming out and being a part of the, the, uh, the service this morning. Um, I really feel that I uh, am going to be starting a, a series of messages as a result of uh, Resurrection Sunday. Um, just as I don't believe that you can read the Bible through once and think that you then know everything there is to know about God, I don't think that sometimes that uh, we can hear a, a theme about what God wants to do and, and a resurrection life in just one message. And uh, as I was putting this together, I knew uh, that I w- either we're going to be here for about eight or nine hours or, or I can cut this down and we can make a series out of it. I've come down on the side of a series, so just you can thank me afterwards. That's really good. <laughs> um, as surely as uh, the, the, the sun rises after a night time, so too does the resurrection of Jesus follow Good Friday and his crucifixion. Jesus isn't death. Death had no hold on him. Jesus is written. The execution of a man turned out to be the execution of a plan. And I think that's an incredible thing that we need to understand, you know. Uh, what uh, the enemy thought that he was putting Jesus to death actually created life for everybody. You know, and the enemy's so far behind the, the eight ball, you know, so far behind the, the plans that Jesus has. He's got no hope, you know. You're on the winning team. I read the last page in the book, okay. And we, we win. We, we, I don't know, you win. I think you need to know that this morning. You're on the winning team. His resurrection gives us faith. Jesus' resurrection gives us faith. That what Jesus said is true. He said he was going to you know, be put to death, that he'd crumble the temple in three days, but on the third day it would be rebuilt. His temple, his body, you know, it was going to be resurrected from the, from the dead. You know? So what Jesus says is true. He told us that he'd rise from the dead. His resurrection demonstrates his victory over sin and death. I'm a curious person, so you know what? I'd like to know a little bit more about all this resurrection stuff that's being talked about. And that's why I'm going to be talking about this whole series called The Resurrection Life. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that this morning that Jesus is alive. And we, because of Jesus, are alive too. And I, Father, ask you that as I begin to talk about the resurrection life, that Holy Spirit, you'd take my words, you'd you'd go beyond anything that I could ever think of, say, or imagine, and that you'd implant it into the lives and the hearts and the spirits of your people that would drastically transform the way that we think about resurrection, the way that we think about life, the things that you've done for us and that you've implanted in our lives, and help us to discover what true resurrection life is about. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus this morning. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, it says this. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. God loves you so much that when he raised Christ from the dead, because of our being united together with Christ, he raised you to life as well. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. It says, And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. This is not talking about a a life when you get to heaven. This is talking about here and now as well as when we get to heaven. This is a life that God wants us to enjoy here on earth as it is in heaven. 
This is why we need to understand some things about the resurrection life and what it means. I'll get started in a minute. I believe that the resurrection life is available to those who are united with Christ. We're united with Christ by grace through faith when we trusted in the finished work of Christ on the cross. The Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. They're united with God through Jesus and have been given life, a resurrection life. That's what we've been given. And just as a, uh, a quick uh, plug here this morning, there are some sermon notes available. If you haven't got any and you would like some, if we've run out or whatever, uh, let me know and I'll make sure that we can get some sermon notes into your hands. But this, this resurrection life, what does a resurrection life look like? What's it supposed to be like? Am I living it now? And if this is just uh, what resurrection life is like right now, then I've got to ask myself, is this all there is? Is uh, is this all that Jesus can do? I've got to ask myself those questions. Because you know what? I don't believe I'm living to the fullest capacity of a resurrection life that Jesus promised. Are you? How will the resurrection life affect the people in my world? My family, my marriage, my children, my workplace, my community, my sports club, my footy club, my four-wheel drive club. How is is living a resurrection life going to impact the world around about me? Because just as Jesus came in and he affected every part of society that he was involved with, So too, I believe he's called us to affect every part of society in which we're involved with. But not just with me, but with a resurrection life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. It just helps me to understand some stuff. Because I believe that the resurrection life is beyond our wildest imagination. It's beyond our wildest dream, this resurrection life. Because in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You, you might be able to imagine a life that is absolutely beyond your wildest dreams. God's thought of it better than that. God's got a better plan than that. You thought it was a good plan. God's got the best plan. Well, you're living right now. God's got a greater plan for your life. God's got a greater purpose for your life. And this is what I believe that, that God wants us to know, what this resurrection life is all about. So using the word life, L-I-F-E, L-I-F-E, we are going to discover through this series, the resurrection life, what life is really about. And the first thing I want to look at this morning is this, using the word life, is that a resurrection life is living in faith every day. Living in faith every day. As a brackets part, you can put on the end of that, everywhere. But that would have been life-y. And it didn't, didn't sound right. Okay? So we're going with life, but then we're going to put in brackets everywhere. Okay? So living in faith every day. Living in faith every day. I'm not sure if, if you remember this, but you were actually born again by the grace of God through faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. And the life that started for you came about by faith, and it's got to continue in faith. The greatest thing that we could lay hold of was the salvation of our souls. 
The salvation, to enter into eternal life. So if that's the greatest thing and I've got to appropriate that, I've got to own that by faith, what makes me think that anything lesser than eternal life with Christ is going to be achieved any other way? It's got to come about by faith. I've got to live in a place of faith throughout my life. I receive salvation from God by faith. Not faith in a system, not faith in a formula, not faith in a method, but faith in a person. His name's Jesus. It's not faith in the latest book that's been released through Kurong. It's a faith in a person. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what we're called to do in this life that we're calling a resurrection life now is not to live it by the things that we see, the things that we smell, the things that we hear and touch and, and, and can do. It's, it's lived by faith in the Son of God. Who lives in me? <clears throat> I shared on, uh, on um, Good Friday. You know, sometimes it's, it's about getting beyond what I want in life and just following what Jesus wants in life. That small inner voice on the inside that tells you at the checkout to let the person who's following you with the one item and you've got a shop, shopping trolley full to let them go through first. I didn't listen to that voice. She waited, and then when the new checkout opened, she went through there. But that was because I wanted my will, not God's will. I wasn't being generous. I wasn't being open. Sometimes I, I fail these tests, and you're looking, oh, really? <laughs> I can have faith in Jesus because he loves me, and he gave himself for me. What Jesus started, he wants to bring, to bring to completion through us. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, For we live by believing and not by seeing. Too often we say, I'll believe it when I see it. And is there any wonder that we don't have what we're believing for because all we're relying on is what we can see, hear, smell, touch and taste, etc. We're called to live by faith. What is it that God is asking you to stand on and to, to, to lay hold of by faith? God wants us to live by faith. Heaven and the spirit realm is far more real than we'll ever know or believe. Than the here and the now. In fact, the only time it mentions being able to please God is by using faith. If you want to please God, you've got to, you've got to have faith. In, in Hebrews eleven six it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This is a life of faith. This is the life of faith that we're called to. To believe in the God I can't see. His grave's empty. You've got to follow this. That's why reading the Bible is so important. It's why you've got to understand that if you want to see Jesus, read about him. It says in Colossians that, that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. 
You want to know what God the Father looks like? Look at Jesus. I've I've come to understand something. Because of what Jesus has done for me, my response is that I want to please him. And I do that by having and using and exercising and stepping out in faith. I've heard people describe faith this way. They spell faith R-I-S-K, risk. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Sometimes faith is taking a risk. Sometimes faith is stepping out of the boat. Sometimes faith is laying hands on the sick. Sometimes faith is walking up to a stranger and saying, I just want to encourage you. I just feel like, you know, you look, I just want to encourage you. I want to give you, uh, I want to tell you that God loves you and, and has a great plan for your life. Sometimes faith is, is trusting justice to God when someone's wronged you. Didn't like that one. But I want to get even. No, I'll leave it to God. This is the way I'm wired, and I've said this a number of times before, that if someone wrongs me, I want to get back, and I want to get even with them, plus a little bit more. I mean, no, you can't come out even on that. You just want it. It's just got to be that little bit. I want them to know that, you know. <laughs> no, God doesn't do that. Leave justice up to God. Walk away from it. Pray, pray for them. Do what Jesus said. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Oh my goodness, bless them that hurt you. That's a life of faith. You know I love you, don't you? Faith is being generous. Faith is trusting God with your finance. Faith is trusting God. God with your kids. You think you're a great parent. God's a better one. I, I had to learn that. I had to learn that. When we were going through some stuff with some of our kids, I remember my pastor talking to me, Pastor Keith Feebick, great man of God, said to me, what makes you think that you're a better parent than God? That, that arrested me, that statement. It was, it was a, it's a statement that I needed at that time. And it, was, it made me think and come to realize that I'd put myself above God in the care of my kids. See, a life of faith, a resurrection life, places your kids in the hands of the Father. You, is this okay? You're, you're all right with this? Because you're getting it anyway. Here's faith. You know how I did with faith, right? Life is living in faith every day, everywhere. Here's some faith statements using the spelling of faith. F-A-I-T-H, right? You ready for this? This is good gear. Uh, praise God for Google. That's all I can say. <laughs> Forsaking all, I trust him. Faith. Full assurance in the heart. It's faith. Fear ain't in this house. It's faith. That's a good one. I wish I'd have thought of this stuff. I want you to say this one. For all I trust him. For all I trust him. It's faith. For anything I trust him. For answers I trust. Do you trust God for an answer to your circumstance? 
Do you trust God for an answer to the prayer about that neighbor and his noisy dog? Do you trust God for the answer for getting that, uh, his provision through for meeting the, uh, the needs that you have and paying bills and, and making ends meet, making sure that you've got food in your, your refrigerator for your kids and for yourself? Do you trust him for that? Here's another one. Faith, okay? Fantastic adventures in trusting him. Is that good or what? That's sweet, you know what I mean? Life is living in faith every day, everywhere. Stepping out in faith isn't just when we come to a building to have a service together. You mean I've got to actually step out in faith Monday through Saturday? Yeah, you do actually. Because otherwise you deny him. Ooh. Ooh. We, you see, and I've done this, I've done this. I felt the Spirit of God say to me, you need to stop and talk to that person. What do we do? What do I say, God? What, how, I don't even know how to start that conversation, Lord. What do I do? Stop the car, get out, go and talk to that person. I'll give you what you need to say. All you need to do is to be obedient. Who's made the decision to live by faith? And then taken the discipline to follow through on that decision. Faith is for every day and everywhere. I want to just look at a passage of Scripture and just draw some some things out of it this morning. And it's out of Luke chapter 8 and verses 40 to 56. Now, I'm not going to read this passage out, but it is the story of Jesus, Jairus, and of faith. Okay, it also includes the story of the woman with the issue of blood who reached out and touched Jesus' uh, the hem of his garment. Jairus' daughter is dying. She's 12 years of age. So Jesus, I'm oh, sorry, Jairus goes to Jesus begging for help. He's pleading with Jesus. He says, come and my daughter's dying. I, I need you to come to my house and I need you to touch my, my daughter. I need you to speak something. I need a magic potion or whatever it is that you've got. I want you in my house doing and dealing with my daughter who's dying. And Jesus goes with Jairus. However, he's delayed because of the size of the crowd. And because this woman reaches out and touches Jesus' hem of his garment. And Jesus stops. And he, and he asks, who touched him? And a woman comes forward and, and Jesus asks her to tell a story. Now, I don't know about you. But it's my experience if I ask my, my precious wife to tell me what's happened. I don't get the headlines. I'll get the detail. Uh, so this Jairus is there. Jesus, my daughter's dying. And, and this woman's there. Well, you wouldn't believe it. I went to this doctor. I went to that doctor. I paid for this treatment. I paid for that treatment. I went and got this sort of stuff here. I, I looked on eBay. I looked through everywhere. I mean, there was nothing that was going to fix me. Finally, I went, you know, I just couldn't do anything. I couldn't go out in public anymore. And it's this long, convoluted story. Jesus is patiently listening there. Jairus is going, Jesus... You see, the woman tugged on the hem of Jesus' garment in faith, but Jairus has tugged on the hem of Jesus' garment in fear. He's frightened he's going to miss out on his miracle. He's frightened he's going to miss out on the miracle healing that his daughter needs. He's got to stop you know, Jesus from continuing to talk this, this woman in the, in the street. He wants Jesus to come with him. 
On the one hand, we've got the woman with the issue of blood. On the other hand, we've got Jairus. How do we deal with the delays of God? You know, you're praying for something to happen, and it's got to happen soon. I need this job now. I need this raise now. We're not going to be able to make our next mortgage payment unless you come through for me. I need you to break through for me now, Jesus. This healing, I need you to touch my body now. I need this pain to stop now. How do we deal with the delays of God? When Jesus doesn't do what we ask him to do instantly, how do we deal with that? Do we start to doubt God? Suddenly God's no longer good. Oh, this is, Jesus, you've given me this. It's all your fault, Jesus. Where is God when you need him? Do we allow fear to come in? I, it's over. I'm finished. I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm, I'm out of this. This is all over me. I'm, I'm finished. That's it. Can't do it anymore. There's no, no more help from the doctors. They can't help me. And it seems that Jairus is starting to be overcome by fear in this story. And then Jairus hears the worst possible news. Some friends come from his home and they say to him, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. It's over. It's finished. It's all over. And Jesus knows where Jairus is at. And I want to tell you this morning, he knows where you're at too. He knows exactly what you're going through this morning. And after Jesus has finished speaking with this woman with the issue of blood, and Jesus has heard the report of Jairus' daughter's death, he turns to Jairus and he says this. And I love what he says to to Jairus. He says, but when Jesus heard what had happened, this is in in verse 50 of chapter 8 of Luke, he says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith in me and your daughter's going to be healed. Why did he say to Jairus, don't be afraid because there was this area where Jairus is starting to come into fear. His worst fears are starting to be realized. His daughter has died in his eyes and there's nothing else that can be done. Fear would come into anybody's heart at that moment. And Jesus knows exactly where Jairus is. And he says to him, don't fear. Don't fear. Just have faith in me. And he says to us the same, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Jairus, you've heard the worst news. Now believe the best. You've heard the worst, but now believe the best. Don't let fear rule you. Live by faith. Live by faith. I love how Jesus strengthens and encourages Jairus. Out of the Passion Translation, it says this. Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me. In other words, he says, I know you're feeling fear right now, but don't give in to it. Have faith in me, Jairus, and your daughter's going to live again. Some of you are going through some really bad time. Some things may be happening in your life or someone in your family or someone that you know, and you're thinking that it's, it's the worst possible thing that could be happening. And fear starts to grip your heart. No. Don't be overcome by fear. Don't give in to the fear that's rising in your heart, but live by faith. Jesus shows Jairus and his disciples how to shut out fear. 
He gives us a clear indication of how we to do this. Jesus shows to how, to how to shut out the doubts and to shut out the negativity that might be starting to assault us when we come into a bad situation or a, a bad time. Because in, chapter, in, in verse 51, when they arrived at Jairus' house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James and John and the little girl's mother and father. In other words, all those that were outside singing about her death Okay, they're, they're mourning, they're professional mourners. They, they're, they're, they come in and they just say, you're crazy, Jesus. She's not asleep. She's dead. No, 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 no. You don't understand the power of God. You don't understand who I am. So we've got to shut those things out. Jesus stopped the negative voices. He wouldn't even let them in the home. Now, I'm sorry if your name is Thomas this morning. But why do we allow the negative, doubting Thomases to erode and weaken our resolve in God's word? Don't allow the Thomases into the place of your faith. Keep the doomsday prophets outside. Hold tightly to what Jesus says. Get the word of God into you and don't let it go. Live in the place of faith. Speak in the place of faith. In a loud voice, Jesus declared... My child, get up. This wasn't sort of like sneaking up beside the bed. Hey, you need to get up because I'm here now. Okay. Now, Jesus takes this girl by the hand and says in a loud voice, My child, get up. You see the same sort of thing when Jesus encounters a funeral procession and they're carrying out this widow's only son in a coffin. Jesus walks up to the coffin, touches the coffin, and says, my boy, you need to get up. When Lazarus is in the tomb, it wasn't a a wimpy little sort of like, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. I've heard a great um, message a number of years ago. Jesus had to say... Lazarus, come forth. Otherwise, every single person who was dead in a grave would have come out at that time. <laughs> he had to touch the, the coffin of this widow's only son because he, he, he wanted, this is the person I'm talking to. Every other dead person, you need to stay where you are. This boy's coming out. <laughs> to the little girl, Jairus' daughter, he holds her hand speaking to her. My child, get up. God will speak specifically to you. God will speak specifically to you. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He will intersect your life. He'll come across your path. He'll touch you. He'll reach out to you. He'll call you by name. But you need to know he's going to get a message to you. You're coming out of this. You're coming out of this. This was never destined for you. You're going to live and not die. You've got to hold on to the word of God. You've got to get it into your spirit. And you've got to hang on to it with everything that you've got. What are you facing today that needs you to stand in faith? What are you facing today that needs you to shut out the voices of negativity and doubt? What step of faith requires you to touch your problem, to touch and reach out to that illness that you have? What lack of resources do you have that requires you with a loud voice to declare the truth of God's word over your circumstance? Have you even gone to God's word about your circumstance? Ooh, I hate it when he says that. Have you even looked at what the Scriptures say about your lack of, your, of, of provision? Have you even gone to the Scriptures about what God says about your healing? About your breakthrough? About your new job promotion? 
Have you even gotten to God about the purpose of, uh, that he has for your life? Mark 11, chapter, chapter 11, verses 22 to 24, out of the Passion Translation says this, Let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth that I speak to you. Listen to the truth that I speak to you. In other words, don't yield to your fear, but have faith in Jesus and what he says. You've got to go to God and find out what he says. Listen to the truth that I speak to you. And he says this. He says, if anyone, if someone says to this mountain, you've got to speak to your mountain. It's not just wishing your mountain into the sea. It's speaking to that mountain. It's speaking to that problem that you have. It's speaking to that illness that you're suffering with. It's, it's, it's that, that breakthrough that you need in your life, that breakthrough to go to a whole new level in your relationship with God. You need to speak to it. Make room in your mind and your heart and in your mouth only for what Jesus says. Find out what God says about uh, your circumstance or your challenge in his word. Listen to the truth that Jesus speaks to you from it. Meditate on it. Mm. No, not that. Start to meditate on it. Like a, a, a cow chewing grass. It, it chews it over, swallows it, regurgitates, chews it over. Gurg- That's how you get milk. I didn't know if you liked that. You might have gone right off milk now. <laughs> but that's how you need to meditate on the Word of God. Repeat it over to yourself. Speak it out loud. Continue. To sp- I'm praying this out of my, over my life. Then write it out on a card, a business card maybe. Carry it in your pocket. Anytime there's a doubt, I'm going to pull this out. I'm going to read this out loud to myself. This is what it says. I have faith in God. I'm saying to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it will going to happen. I'm going to see myself come out of this because God's word says this. I'm going to believe what God's word says about that. I'm going to believe that. that I'm not going to re- read what's on the back of the toilet door about what my circumstance is. I'm going to read what, what God's word says about it. You need to fight with that word. I said on, on, on Friday, the Good Friday service, that you know what? Everyone thinks that, oh, become a Christian, everything's going to be rosy. You're joking. Like, what planet are you on? You become a Christian, all your problems are just starting. Why? Because now you've got to stick up for your God. Well, not, 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 not stick up for your God, but you've got to profess, I believe in God. And that's going to cause all sorts of problems and it's going to confront people's inadequacies, insecurities and everything. That's a whole new series. I'm not sure what I'll call that one. (laughs) When doubt comes in, you need to say it's written. When fear arises, it's written. When well-meaning people tell you you're not being realistic, no, actually it's written. It's written. You might have the facts, but I've got the truth. Don't tell God how big your problem is. You need to tell your problem how big your God is. Some of you need to write that down. Here's the the deal, and I'm, I'm wrapping this up. Living in faith every day, everywhere, is living the resurrection life. Jesus was raised from the dead so that we can live this resurrection life. Faith is such a big part of living the resurrection life. Faith is a prerequisite to being born again into the resurrection life. I want to say to you this morning, no matter what you're facing, 
no matter where you find yourself, no matter the need that you find before you either personally or that uh, you're aware of or you become aware of. You're walking through the, sh- the supermarket and you just suddenly feel the Spirit of God just prompt you. It's a, it's a moment. It's a God moment. You've been, you've been able to see that problem because God knows that you've got the answer to that problem residing within you and His name is Jesus. You need to live in faith at school. You need to live in faith in your workplace. You need to live in faith in your community when you're walking the streets. I, 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 I'm a, I love doing the park run on a Saturday morning. I, I love being involved and hanging around people who are different from me, who believe different from me. They, they, they might be living a lifestyle that's completely counter to what the Christian faith is all about. But I love hanging around them. Why? Because I never know when the Spirit of God just shows up at a particular moment. Because we're building relationship. Because I'm, I'm, I'm showing interest in their world, what's happening in their world, what's happening with their family, in their workplace. I'm building relationship. There comes a time when they're, they're, just a question might come out of the blue. Why are you different? There's something different about you. What is it? If you're serious about knowing the answer to that question, I'd love to have a cup of coffee with you. And then we start that journey. And they can dig a little bit deeper in why I believe what I believe. I'm not going to come out and say, you filthy, rotten sinner, you need to get your life right with Jesus right here, right now. Well, you know, like tick them off. It's not how you do it. It's just... Living in faith in our community. Living in faith in our community. Living in faith every day, everywhere. That's the resurrection life. It's a fantastic adventure in trusting Him. Let's stand. I'm done. I would love for you to have your eyes open and for you to be fully engaged in this moment. I've been talking about faith, and this is Resurrection Sunday. What greater day to be challenged with uh, the absolute joy of giving your heart to Jesus. It is the greatest decision that you'll ever make. It'll be one of the toughest things you'll ever live out. What a great introduction to the Christian faith. But I believe that we need to completely yield ourselves and surrender ourselves to living a life of faith. Stepping out and taking a risk. Giving God everything that we've got and saying, God, this is yours. I always remember my dad sometimes saying to me, mate, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. Uh, It's just the way my dad was wired, you know. But God brought you in this life and he wants to be intimately interested and a part of your life. And someday he will take you out.
But I believe he wants to take you out to be with him for eternity. If you've never given your heart to Jesus this morning, but this morning you feel like, you know what? what? What greater day could I give my heart to Jesus to stop my running from God and start to run to God? What greater day could you do that than on Resurrection Sunday? Once you were dead, but now you can be alive. Is there anyone here this morning? You don't know Jesus. You never asked him into your life, never asked him to be a part of your life before. But this morning you want to. Is there anyone here? Just could you put your hand up? I would love to pray with you. We've got some special gifts to give to you. Um, this is the pitch, you know, like send no money now, but there's a free set of steak knives. Uh, well, you get a lot better steak knives than uh, I can ever give you in heaven, I can tell you. But you know what? If you've never given your heart to Jesus, but this morning you want to, would you put your hand up? I would love to pray with you. Is anyone here this morning never given your heart to God, but this morning you say, yes, I want to give my heart to Jesus? Is anyone here? Anyone at all? Don't be shy. It's okay. All of us here at some point have done that. Is there anyone here? I've said some things about faith, living in faith every day this morning. And maybe you're like me. Sometimes it's, you know, depending on how you feel, you can really live in faith. But then when you're not feeling so good, you don't want to live in faith anymore. But you want to make this sort of like a straight shooting thing. You're tired with the up and down. You're going to make a decision saying, God, I want to live by faith today. Is anyone here this morning? You're, just, you're tired of the up and down. I want to live by faith. I want to be a person of faith. I want to trust you with everything I am in every circumstance, every day, everywhere. Anyone here this morning? Just put your hand up. I want to pray for some people this morning. Thank you. There's a number of people putting their hands up. Anyone else? Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are here right now. And I pray that you would help us all to live a life of faith. To stand upon your word and to fight for the word when necessary. Fight for the people around about us. To fight for our circumstances. Pray for, uh, pr- fight for our healing, for our, our, our resources. Father, to pray for that job. To pray for that increase. To pray that you'd give us opportunity to share the good news of your resurrection with the people in and around about us. Father, I pray that you put something in people's hearts that that just captures them and that you speak to them about the fear. Don't fear anymore. Just trust me. Just trust. Walk, Walk in my shadow. Walk along with me. I'm with you. I'm in you. How can you fail with Jesus and the Spirit of God within you? So, Father, I pray that you'd bless them, encourage them, touch them powerfully in the name of Jesus this morning. And everyone said... Amen.